whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. We're back. Hey guys. It's been a little bit. A little bit of time. Missed two whole weeks. You knew about the one week we were going to miss. We knew about the one we were, we were going to miss. <laughs> the other one was a surprise. But now here we are. Making time in life for this once again. Mm-hmm. Friday afternoon. And Danny is officially 36 weeks as of yesterday. 36 weeks pregnant. Yep. Feels like when we didn't podcast for two weeks, that feels like a big jump from yeah. 34 to 36. Yeah. Like where you're at almost 34 weeks feels like you're still in the, like... Yes. The early... I mm-hmm. mean, where I'm at actually kind of feels really sucky, but... <laughs> I know, but it's like these... Every it's, milestone feels I know. like... It just feels like... I think it just feels this way because... With my first pregnancies and the OB care I was receiving, they, by 36 weeks, were talking about, like, stripping my membranes at my next appointment and, you know, Mm -hmm. not wanting me to go too much longer before I'd have my big babies. And so it felt like, oh, 36 weeks, like I'm getting near the end. But when you've had a baby, especially... The last baby you just had mm-hmm. at 41 weeks, three days, mm-hmm. 36 weeks feels like yeah. nothing to get excited about. Mm-hmm. So, but it feels like I still am partly in my old mind of wanting to be excited about it. Like, oh, I can officially home birth at home now. It is still a milestone that you I can... I know it's a milestone, but it's a milestone that I want in my head to be, like... Something more than like it Like, I'm getting is. close to the end, and then I have to constantly be like, but no, I might right. not be near the end at all. So it feels like a milestone I'm having to... Right. But if you even... Work through. Think about, like, how soon six weeks feels... I know, but when you think about how my body feels in then six weeks. I know. I know. That's the part that doesn't feel like. I know. I'm just saying how fat, like when you think about Melissa had her baby six weeks ago, right? Yes. Like that feels like she just had her baby. I know, but we were just talking about this last night about how the six weeks from the time you have your baby until they're six weeks old goes much more quickly than the six weeks. I understand. Being 36 weeks to 42 weeks pregnant. I know. This is definitely the time, though, that I feel like our two week, three day discrepancy between us is going to feel really far apart. That feels really far apart. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, it's just going to get worse and worse. I know. From here on out. I know. It is. I feel it's like, gonna be really hard for you when you're 36 weeks and I'm I know like 38 and a half weeks because then I am gonna yes. be starting to feel close to the end and you're gonna want to be feeling close to the yes. end. I know. It already feels like it's the, the suckier option of I the know. two is to be like this close but yet this far. I know. It would feel different. If it was like three days, you yes. know. But that even the extra three days of the two weeks. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. Just they don't matter quite as much now, but at 38 weeks, they won't feel like when you're a big not different. When I turn 38 weeks and you won't even be 36 quite yet, yeah, like it feels like mm-hmm. I know, I know. So, another way that I, God is gonna I do feel for sanctify you. me in this, although, yeah, I really am. Struggling with the fact that I pretty much feel like I have a full-sized baby inside of me right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like based on all of my past history, I pretty much know that's true as mm-hmm. well. So that's really not helping the whole, like, mentality of kind of wanting to feel like I'm close to the end. Mm-hmm. 
and then just wanting to cry when I am like, I just don't want to have an extra right. large size infant inside of me over the next month. Yep. So, and when I say that to all of you people out there of why I feel like at 36 weeks in one day that I probably have a full-sized baby inside of me. My twins were born at 35 weeks, 5 days, and were 6 pounds, 5 ounces, and 6 pounds, 10 ounces. My earliest singleton was born at 37 weeks and 3 days, so that's like 9 days away, and she was 8 pounds. So, it just doesn't make me feel like he's probably really less than somewhere Mm -hmm. around seven pounds right now, which feels like a very reasonable size to come out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, a very, very lovely friend. I don't know if she listens to this or not, but... She was being helpful and encouraging last night by telling me she knows someone who had their last baby who was 13 and a half pounds, which was really not what I... I know it should logically seem like that would be encouraging. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, see? It can be done. But really, what it tells, you tells is me like, is I like, don't. see? People actually have that happen to them. And... When you say that it could happen to you, it really could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I really don't want that, though. Mm-hmm. Like, So, yeah. This leads us to what I was going to talk to you about, oh, but great. I didn't know. I mean, we just jumped right in. Surprise we, You guys topic. got nothing. No update in our life? No. No life updates. It's probably though. good. <laughs> We don't know how to fill you in on our lives, but... The last few weeks were... My topic was what I brought up last night, but we never really talked about it. We just... I brought it up and then... I have no idea what it was. It was. I've been thinking a lot about trying to decide. I feel like there's two varying schools of thought on taking herbal-type supplements. There's, like, Dr. Christopher's labor prep. There's, like, the Chinese 5W, Mm -hmm. which is five different herbs that are supposed to be to, like, prepare your body for labor. But I've read a lot of people's reviews on them that are, like, that will say they had, like, their babies sooner when they Mm -hmm. took these things. and But there's one school of thought that, like... These things are really mild. They're just going to work with your body. like mm-hmm. Kind of like acupuncture. Right. Um, and even, I mean, I'm doing, I'm taking different herbal things for other, for other things. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's no problem taking dandelion root if you're trying to help support your, like, liver. Mm-hmm. Even in pregnancy, I don't have a problem doing that. Like, so mm-hmm. that's like supporting my liver. It's not mm-hmm. like this major intervention it's not like i'm on some sort of medication that i get that herbs are Mm -hmm. like medicinal Mm -hmm. and that they are affecting your body so i'm not saying that they're not a medicine in and of themselves i get the like potency of them Mm -hmm. and the power of them but that's what's tricky about it is it's like they are they can be really strong and really potent and do a lot of things but they also can be really gentle and they can even affect the same person different at different times like mm-hmm. depending on what your body needs yeah and so there's one one school of thought that thinks they're just supporting your body in pregnancy and they're just like as mm-hmm. your body has more like it's in a more taxing time you're just giving it like good nutrients and things to help mm-hmm. it prepare and then there's people who think you're intervening by taking it and that you shouldn't need to do these other things. You shouldn't need to take something extra. You should, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, your body's equipped to do what it needs to do and you don't need, but that's kind of a false premise because our body isn't like we need food mm-hmm. and so many, I think it's weird because these like herbal things cross these lines. Like mm-hmm. 
so many herbs are used in food and are like mm-hmm. edible in our plants and so it's like if you say you it's a good idea to eat more eggs in pregnancy because of the qualities of them and the things that they contain you're pointing out like a specific use and way your body's going to use that mm-hmm. so is an herb similar in that it's like, well, your body's in a certain context Mm -hmm. that it would be more beneficial potentially, or maybe not. So I don't know. I've read opinions both ways by, yeah, there's some midwives out there who are like dedicated to them and they have all of their clients take them starting at 30, but see, that's where I feel like, and then there's other ones who like, want to stay away from them Mm -hmm. and like you shouldn't take these at all the purpose of it would be to prepare your body to go into labor sooner than it would without is that like the goal I don't know well that's not what the goal of them says on them what is the goal of them the goal of them is just to be supporting your body and and preparing your body for labor whenever labor happens it's not like you. It's not like a castor oil milkshake where. That's why I'm you saying the difference. Just take this yes. like high dose of these things, and you're just trying to like throw your body into labor. You right. still don't have any control over whether your body will go into labor at right. 37 weeks or 42 weeks. Yeah. You're just taking them, hoping that they will be affecting your body's physiological functions in a way that then. That labor is able to start mm-hmm. more easily and when... But there's a lot of testimonials of people who will say, when I took those, mm-hmm. I went into labor sooner, my labor lasted less time, mm-hmm. all of these different things. That I've, feels similar, though, to, like, us taking red raspberry leaf tea, like, drinking that at the end to help support your body and... I mean, we drink it all the way, all the way through. But even right. that, like... Right. What's the difference between those two things or... Right. It's still an herb and it's still something we're drinking. Right. So that's I think I do feel the, like... A lot of the ones... I think I guess the difference is red raspberry leaf tea is kind of accepted as being okay throughout pregnancy where the ones specifically in these formulas, they will like specifically say, don't start taking them until you're 35 or 36 mm-hmm. weeks because... They could be detrimental before that. They could cause early labor or, like, uterine contractions and stuff at a time when your body shouldn't. So, in that sense, you could say, are they... Well, red raspberry leaf is like that. It is, but not to the same level as these. I know, but... That's why these are specifically, like, for a labor prep for labor. Right, Like... Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And then how I would be using them if I decided to take something like that, what would be my motivation and mentality behind it? Because it does feel like... It does feel like it could be this... Not for you, I just mean in general. This slippery slope of like, I'm going to add this back in. And if that doesn't work by the date that I feel like it should work by and I should go into labor by, then then we'll bump it up and take like blue and black cohosh. And if that doesn't work, we'll bump that up and take right castor oil. And if that well, doesn't and, work... And, and honestly, to be completely honest, I, I don't know where my... I feel like very torn as far as for personally where I do feel comfortable. Right going to not because I as far as like the ideology behind giving birth I feel like 42 weeks in and of itself doesn't concern me Mm -hmm. when you do have bigger babies it does get to be a harder thing to navigate Mm -hmm. and I I go back and forth of whether that should be or not and whether like how much of that is like an indoctrination of cultural things that really aren't as um I'm trying to think of the right word like they they aren't as dangerous or they aren't as big of a deal as mm-hmm. we've made them out to be but there is some level of just 
a logical feeling of like, okay, but like, eventually you have to be able to say, this is bigger than this and it's not going to fit very well. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. where that point is, that's that whole thing of like, we know that most of the time, normally, that's not the case. But mm-hmm. the, we also know things aren't perfect. And there truly have been cases where a baby is too big to fit or isn't too big to fit. But because of how big they are and their position now, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm not saying that I think my baby should be born right now at 36 weeks because I think that they're already around 7 pounds. But when you start getting into the 11, 12, 13 pound mindset range and how it feels in your body. And I've had an 11 pound baby go through my pelvis before. Mm -hmm. And I've felt even the difference between my 11 pound baby versus my 10 pound baby. I don't feel like the actual delivery was a lot harder, but I definitely feel like the recovery was, I I felt like it took a lot more time for my body to like be able to go back to Mm -hmm. a normal place of functioning. and Right. But I feel like you can't attribute that only just by, because of the one pound difference. I mean, there could be a lot of factors that go into why that was the case. Like, Every birth is different. Every baby, yes. like, how every yeah, pregnancy I, you have, it's always going to be harder to it like. Just definitely. Yeah, I'm not saying it didn't play a, like a, it, a factor in it, but it, it's just it's, hard to like want to be like. So let's see if this baby gets to 12 pounds. Okay. Yeah, like that's where I'm saying I I understand that it, I can't attribute it all to that, but I do think that there's some logic behind. Well, if the baby is bigger and fatter right. and has to come through, like, you have to open more mm-hmm. and, like, move apart more for that to happen. And so it would just logically make sense that it's going to be more time to, mm-hmm. like, not, like, go back to a yeah. more normal place of... And obviously, I'm not saying that I... It just throws a different factor into it when it's not, like... My baby's like four and a half pounds right now, and if I go to 42 weeks, then it's going to be seven pounds, and mm-hmm. it, it it just, the reality of it is whether it should be or not for me, it does make another thing for me to think through. Yeah. Think through where I'm, how, how comfortable I feel with mm-hmm. just like leaving things alone 100%, but then... Right. It does come back to the question of, like, but then how comfortable do I feel with... Like, what things would I feel comfortable with mm-hmm. doing when I do feel like the process should be left alone and that things will happen yeah. when they should happen and that, you know... And when should the process not be left alone and... And to what extent. Right. Because yeah. I think that there are definitely times where the process should not be left alone to the extent that a woman should have a C-section, an elective C-section. I think there are times mm-hmm. when that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. We have a friend whose baby had hydrocephaly mm-hmm. to the point that it's like, this isn't a normal condition. This wouldn't be a normal birth situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely appropriate that she made the decision to have an elective C-section. I mean, yeah. I think for her safety and for the safety of the baby, mm-hmm. like that was, that's one that it's like. Yeah, I don't... I think these are circumstances that call for that. So, it just... And and again, we've talked about this lots of times before. These are decisions that have a lot of different facets that, like, to to look at. And Mm -hmm. different people are going to feel comfortable with different things. And the risks they're willing to take and the ways it's going to affect them and affect their bodies and affect their families and all of that is going to be different for different people as well Mm -hmm. but this is just feeling like a really I think because I'm already like you said take like drinking red raspberry leaf every day and like and you're taking a lot of other herbs for other issues what what would the difference be between 
treating this and treating like like right. you're taking is it, is herbs. It even like treating it is it just uh, is it just support like right you're taking herbs to help control your blood sugars right. so uh, in hopes that you don't grow a large baby but I don't feel like I feel like it's been it's done really well with controlling my amniotic fluid levels but yeah I don't I've always from the very beginning felt like I don't know that my blood sugars are what is really connecting. I really think the large baby thing is a genetic thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, which could have some correlation with all of that, but it's not your typical. I don't have gestational diabetes in the, in the traditional sense of that term. Um, But if you're treating that to like be, trying to help support that not that you're like right banking on like now it's gonna control this and now i don't like right why wouldn't you treat it like take other herbs to help also in the same way of like trying to support your body to have the baby as early as it's ready can yeah but knowing that it's not gonna this is giving me contractions just talking about this (laughs) This is why I'm afraid Abby's gonna have her baby before me. I just no. We know that I just have a ton of Braxton Hicks and just what occurs. I think I have a lot of Braxton Hicks. They're just not the ones that make my cervix hurt. Mm. They're just the ones that make it hard everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think I can just ignore them most of the time, unless I really have to pee. Yeah, that's the worst. Where you don't know you have to pee until you have one, and then you're, and you're like, like oh, but I can't move to go pee yet until this is over. Mm-hmm. When you get up and start walking somewhere uh-huh. and realize you have to pee and you start having them, and uh-huh. you're like, yeah, oh. Yeah, those are special. We're, hit, we're hitting that stage, folks. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's been my latest. I think, I, I think I'm also struggling with it because I would have said at the beginning of the pregnancy that I was in the school of thought that you shouldn't you there's no reason you just shouldn't mess around mm-hmm. with that stuff you shouldn't take that stuff like you just need to leave everything alone and now here I am approaching 30 well I'm just I've always felt that way about I've always felt the opposite way about like acupuncture this will be my fourth pregnancy that I've had acupuncture and I've always like been okay with her doing acupuncture at the end to like support my body and like but see that's even with that like so so the person we go to for acupuncture will specific like she specifically has like a package that she calls like her induction package and where she'll come like every day or every other day Mm -hmm. and she'll do certain points that would encourage specifically encourage like labor and control. But I always feel like she does those points. She doesn't come every day, but when she does come at the end, like she'll come every five days or so the last couple weeks and she does those points. Right. But what I'm saying is she has like there's like two different things. There's like, there's like the, I'm just coming and supporting your body and I'm doing these points and like helping to support and prepare your body for labor whenever it happens versus kind of the like thought process of we're going to do these more frequently. We're going to like try like, and she'll say even with the induction package that this doesn't I can't make your body go into labor all I can do Mm -hmm. is like prepare it but there is like a little bit different like are you just starting it at 40 weeks and like doing it every other day to try to like get the baby to come because you're done being pregnant or are you like Mm -hmm. are you doing acupuncture through your whole entire third trimester and as it gets closer and closer now these points that weren't safe to do because you didn't want the baby to come early and you were trying mm-hmm. to avoid them but may have good, been like good points for even other things but yeah. you were just avoiding them because you didn't want them to act like this is the problem is like when is 
even that line of like what is too early for the baby to come versus right too late for the baby to come. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big, broad question that we we try to assign these numbers to it. We try to like make these, you know, well. I feel like there's women who don't have their babies ever before 40 weeks who look at someone who naturally goes into labor at 37 weeks and is like, mm, they must have been doing something wrong to have had their baby so early when mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case. Like, I don't know. It's like a normal time for you to have your baby and 40 weeks is and 41 weeks is and 42 weeks is. But there's also problems. Like there can be somebody who has their baby at 37 weeks and their baby like really struggles with... The fact that they haven't developed as long. Mm -hmm. And there's times that we lose babies at 42 plus weeks because of them not being born yet. That It's hard to really wrap our minds around some of this stuff. But I don't know. It's just... So I guess what I'm saying is I'm still... At not at the point where I would want to take some sort of concoction or cocktail or be trying at especially at, at these early times to like right. have the baby I don't know at what point I would start doing that I feel like isn't like the 5W where like you're supposed to take it starting at 35 weeks for the 5 weeks mm-hmm. like that's why it's 5W no it's 5W oh I don't know the W part it's 5 herbs though Oh. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I that's just what I thought it was oh. like. Supposed to be like taking taking it for five weeks. I know you start taking it. I I've read different things between 34 and 36 weeks, and you increase the amounts like each week mm-hmm. or something. And um, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of different. But it's definitely not seen as something that you just like at 40 weeks take like take a couple pills and think it's gonna be like castor oil. Right. No, not not in any way. It's not an induction method in that sense at all. Mm -hmm. Um so and I guess I do agree with all the women who would say like your body's gonna prepare for labor and you're going to like have the baby like you don't there are women who get this mindset of like I need these certain Mm -hmm. things or my body's not going to work Mm -hmm. and that I don't agree with I Mm -hmm. think that's not true but (laughs) does our body work more easily sometimes with when you support it yeah like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally just eat like whole cloves of garlic do I think that my body has what it needs to like work through a sickness or infection? Yes. Like I believe we have immune systems. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that if I'm fighting something, eating a clove of raw garlic helps to support and boost my immune system in that time? Right. Like, yeah, I do. I've like experienced the difference between mm-hmm. doing something like that and not. And I would say it makes a difference. Yeah. So, do I believe my body is preparing and will prepare and will be fine to labor and have my baby? Yes, I do. Do I think there's anything wrong with supporting it in a way with extra things that might make it easier? I I don't know. I don't know exactly the depth of how much these different things affect my body and in what ways. And I think that's part of the thing I I would want to research more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I was selling chip today on my walk like it's it's gotten just in the last few days where I used to be able to go on a walk and I'd have Braxton Hicks and stuff but they were just tight and mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortable but I felt like walking felt good mm-hmm. and I feel like now I'm having like Braxton Hicks that like make me crampy and mm-hmm. Like make me like want to stop and squat, mm-hmm. but they're not like real contractions. They're just right, right. like I want to. But be it's done. just much more uncomfortable. Don't want to walk. Yeah. I want you to find the wagon and push me home. That's <laughs> the way. Yeah. And 
I, I the it's that change that is like really feeling difficult for me to wrap my mind around because on the one hand I'm like well this is like good signs and my body's preparing but knowing my body could prepare for mm-hmm. so long like for weeks mm-hmm. and just feeling like it makes life not like hard but just throws another element into like I don't want to have to be thinking about this all the time like my body feeling this way I mm-hmm. don't I want to be able to just get up and like get my kids ready to go out the door for something and not be like hold on a second while I mm-hmm. like yeah. have these tendon joint pains in my crotch real fast right like, right you know it feels like if I thought like this means I'm gonna have a baby soon that it would not feel I I told him with my first five pregnancies I mean the twins I had already had the babies but with my first four like single babies at this point we already had like doctor's appointments set up where I knew I was going to have my membrane stripped and I was really hopeful that I would have the babies around that time and it felt exciting it felt Mm -hmm. all of these things felt like really good things and encouraging things because I felt like well I'm not like jumping the gun too much like see my body's already preparing for it and so like and if it's supposed to work. Like, if I have my membrane stripped, it's only going to work if it's supposed to work. But I felt, like, confident, like, things are already getting ready, mm-hmm. so, like, maybe it'll yeah. work. And then it did work for most of them. I mean, Titus was the one that it d- didn't work, like, within 24 hours. But, and Kenzie was obviously, like, induced from water, my water breaking. Right. But it still felt like in the mentality I was in in those times that it felt like it worked and... Mm-hmm. that I had it. I didn't feel like, oh, I just, like, really did that way too soon. Right. With Archer, I feel like I remember having a... I clearly remember at 37 weeks. I remember. A big shift. Mm-hmm. I, like, even called my midwife that day and was just like... A, but I said, Chip, the thing that made that one not that hard is because even though I didn't have him until after my due date... I still had very much... It was just a big unknown of, Mm -hmm. like... I still very much felt like I could have the baby at 38 weeks. Right. Or 38 and a half weeks or 39 weeks. And it was easy to go, like, little by little, day by day, being, like... Well, it could be, like, any time. And it made it feel, like, more... Less annoying to be having all the, like, signs of things getting ready because it felt like, well be soon Mm -hmm. and then Deke I just I feel like I felt so terrible in other ways and was just I almost wanted my body to just feel better before I had him Mm -hmm. and I don't even remember I feel like I blocked a lot of that last month out (laughs) of how I managed like what I did or didn't do yeah I think I sat on the couch a lot I don't really know but I think I'd already gone to my due date the last time, so I just expected I probably would, and right. then it hit a... I also feel like I was fighting so much to be the one to make the decisions, mm-hmm. and I had to be so confident in the decisions I was making Yeah, that it made it... I guess, like, my stubbornness behind those made it Mm -hmm. more like easier to be like resolved and I don't care do you feel like that I don't feel like you felt like Deke was easier than this Mm, not in some ways but in other ways I almost felt like I had to decide like are these problems big enough for me to right but I feel like you were way more uncomfortable with Deke that even the idea of going past your due date felt I was way more uncomfortable but while I still thought he was a big baby I also thought that like my uncomfortableness was from having so much amniotic fluid and I think somehow in the midst of all of that I convinced myself that he I really didn't think he was going to be that much bigger than Archer was Mm -hmm. Archer was 10 pounds and 
even when I went in for my ultrasound at 39 weeks, mm-hmm. and they were saying he was like eight and a half pounds. That didn't feel like... When I had had Brinley at 30, just over 37 weeks, and she was eight pounds, yeah. going in at 39 weeks and having them say he's like eight and a half pounds... Right, but like, you know that those measurements kind of mean nothing. <laughs> I know that, but it still gave me this false sense of like, I just feel so huge and uncomfortable because, and like I've been telling you, having all that amniotic fluid really affected how I felt him, like mm-hmm. how he felt to me as far as his movements and how big of a baby I felt like he was. Mm-hmm. I knew I had a ton of fluid and I knew he was going to be a bigger baby, but I... I just feel like this time I was really, even though I'm telling you I think that my baby size is genetic, a lot of that is coming from the fact that I've like done all these things and worked so hard and really wondered if the correlation of the amniotic fluid was like because of baby size and mm-hmm. now that I am have my, my amniotic fluid is like still not low, but it's one of the lowest it's ever been for any pregnancy and I still don't feel like... My baby is small. Uh, right, but how much bigger does your baby feel just because you have lower amniotic fluid? Like you were just saying, like the baby feels bigger when you have less amniotic fluid. So how, I'm not saying that's, that's what I'm saying makes this more difficult. Uh huh. Because the, the whole issue is like determining based on like not wanting to have a huge baby, mm-hmm. not on my how uncomfortable I am. I feel like, yes, I'm uncomfortable, and that makes it really hard, but it's the mixture between being uncomfortable and knowing my baby is, like, feeling really large that makes Because me... you don't want to push out a really large baby? Yeah, both. Because I don't want him to grow bigger and bigger and bigger inside of me and have... It's a different kind of discomfort, and I'm not liking it either. And not wanting to have to recover after pushing out a really large baby. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm not having to, like, really plant my feet firmly and say, like, no, I don't think these are big enough. Like, I felt like the care I had the last time was pushing me to see these things as big problems that I needed to do something about. And Mm -hmm. I was, like, had to fight Again, almost like that devil's advocate of like yes. these aren't that big of problems. I can push out a big ba- like. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to like really stand my ground that like these aren't big enough things to do any sort of intervention about. And even though I maybe didn't like that decision, I was like actually like doing it against where I feel like this time my care. I feel like I could present options. I feel like they're not going to push me into doing anything, but I feel like they would be open to, like, a lot of different things. And so Mm -hmm. that's where it's more tricky because I'm not feeling like I have to, like, really firmly plant my feet against doing things. I I know that sounds weird, but it's like... It's like when you don't necessarily disagree with something, but you disagree with it enough to, like, kind of... Play devil's advocate with my pregnancy. Mm Mm-hmm. This time I don't have to do that. And so it's more like maybe I am not as against some of these things as I thought I might be. It's starting to feel really tempting right about now. And I feel like my baby is squirming all day long and making it really special feeling inside of my body. I don't know. I'm just done. But I can't be done, and that makes me want to cry. Yeah. So, my baby could magically shrink back down a little bit, and I could just feel really great for the next month. This is why, like, every pregnancy you learn and change and grow so much in. (sighs) Because... It's always different. You always there's always. I'm like really wondering, to... Melissa, if you're you never listen to this, but how in the world? I have no idea. You like know what I'm gonna say. Uh huh. Why did she never act like 
I know she cried sometimes, but... <laughs> she handled it so well. I don't understand how she oh, did. Why? I know. Ugh. We could just be like Melissa. I know. It's Melissa's birthday today. It is. Happy birthday, Melissa. <laughs> but you're not going to listen to this. <laughs> um... Yeah, so that's what my current contemplations are. Hmm. I think I'm gonna, I don't know, ask more people their thoughts or something. On the herbs? Yeah. There's also this part of me that's like, I had decided that I just was like, no, I'm not, like, I don't think we need, like, to do that, and I'm not going to do that. And so now there's even that level of, like, the fact that I'm reconsidering, like, what are my motives, and is that okay, even if they're not right. bad in the first place? Right. We all know you're going to analyze to death everything, <laughs> so. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be sinful or trying to be controlling in it. Mm-hmm. But... I also don't want to become, like, legalistic and not allow myself to utilize things that God has even created and are not even, like, a bad thing, but could even be, like, a gift and helpful just because I, at one point in time, made some judgment call on them that I think people should never do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's the hard part for me is that I want to have a good mindset and a good attitude and a good reason why I'm doing things and good motivation and so it's one of those great areas that nobody else can tell me like what my motivation is in it but I guess I just am needing a broader understanding of like what exactly I want to be careful to know really truly like are there are there risks I'm not like I don't want to overlook risks just because somebody says it's safe and I like oh that seems like it'd be really supportive like do I really I need to know I need to research more do I really think this is really supportive and really a good thing to introduce to my body at this point or is it Am I just right. striving to grasp onto something that would be a, a way a way that I'm feeling like it gives me hope that maybe I can do something to have my baby sooner or right whatever yeah so. <laughs> That was my surprise topic to talk to you about. Okay, well, I had little to contribute since this is the first time thinking about it. I mean, I know. Obviously, I've thought about it other times, but in this context, feels different. Right. I feel like the time that you did, you only take it for Sailor's pregnancy. Yes. And I feel. But like- it it was half because of Sailor's pregnancy, but also the other half was like the shortening of labor when I had a such a long labor with Cade. Right. So it was like a twofold desire of like, I know I need to be induced with my heart stuff with Sayla's pregnancy early. So I want to just support that so that the induction goes well and I don't have another C-section. Right. But also wanting to shorten labor, even though obviously... Arrow's labor and Calvary's labor were shorter than Salo's, and I didn't take it. Like, you know. Right, but you also went into labor naturally with both of them. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I had this dream the other night that I took castor oil mm-hmm. and just was not, like, in secret and wasn't telling anyone, and then I'm, like, in labor. And I don't know in the dream if you had even had your baby yet. Like, you were there, but I don't... Right. In my, I, And I'm, like, sitting there, like, in labor, like, 
this is a terrible decision because now all I'm feeling is like guilt over guilt over doing this and not telling anyone. And you can't like undo it and right. like not right. be in labor. <laughs> right. And... Yeah. So it was the super like why why did I even do, like it was like this? Well, I could just take it and I'm gonna and no one's gonna even know and it's gonna be fine. I'm like that's just like my sinful. Uh, I do feel tendencies. like I do feel like <laughs> so both you and Melissa have taken castor oil in the past and that's like worked for you to yep. go into labor have you ever had your membrane stripped I don't think so like not not I like think, knowingly, intentionally, like we're right. setting an appointment right. where, yeah, no, like maybe you got checked at some point and somebody yes. kind of stripped your membranes and it wasn't a very right. Like, but no, no, not otherwise. Because Melissa has also had her membrane stripped with her other, ba- like some of her other babies, multiple times, and it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But I've never taken castor oil, and I feel like there's a reason for that because mm-hmm. I feel like I would be. You know, of all people, I don't have trouble, like, getting things down or stomaching things mm-hmm. or... I, yeah. Almost to the point that I I wonder... I, I think it would probably work for me, but I wonder if my body would just be like, oh, that was no big deal, like... Things don't affect you, the like, herbs and medicines and things like that don't affect you in the same level I feel like they affect me. Right. So, I I don't know how it would affect me. It never feels like this temptation for you because you're like... Because I have no idea how it would affect me. Uh-huh. And so, it feels like a temptation in the sense that I feel like I'd have no problem doing it. Like, right. I feel like yes. there's some people who hesitate to do it because they're like, well, it's going to be so gross and I can't... I feel like I could take the, ca- the castor oil like straight. I oh. feel like... It didn't bother me taking it. I know it wouldn't. But I mean, especially in like a concoction of ice cream and mm-hmm. stuff. But I'm saying like, for some people, that's like even that part of it is like I've heard it's really gross, and mm-hmm. I- I'm like, well, that part's no big deal. But it's it's much more tempting to want to have my membrane stripped. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's much more difficult to like do in secret on your own mm-hmm. than just drinking a castor oil milkshake. So. I don't know. I feel like at the end, I probably... I feel like I could have reached. I know. I can't reach to do a good membrane sweep. Okay. I can feel my cervix, but I can't, like... Get far enough back. If When you know what a good, like, a I don't know. full membrane... Like, I mean, they're putting their finger, like, up inside the cervix and, like, really sweeping all the way around. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. I don't know. But around my belly and reaching back there and yep. I, I definitely feel like my cervix and everything everything about me stays much higher than mm-hmm. yes it does for you I mean even with most of my babies even when I'm fully dilated I'm like still at like is it negative stations when it's up oh mm-hmm. and then it's positive or the other I way always get I always get it mixed up and I always up. in my head but I'm never mm-hmm. even like at zero station I'm always like higher yeah. and they always I feel like would want to wait till the baby like moved down more yeah. and I, that's my babies just don't move down until they're like Coming out. literally ramming their way through <laughs> yeah which is what feels intimidating about them getting big because it doesn't feel like they just gradually do this nice little mm-hmm. like ease out it feels like they just that's what was really nice about the twins they literally just like flew right out. They were small enough that I didn't feel like. But you also had an epidural. I know, but afterwards I didn't feel like. I felt like the recovery afterwards felt the very most like my body hadn't moved or shifted. Mm. Like mm-hmm. they just sort of like bloop. Yeah. But Emery, he was like coming. He was like. I didn't have control over. Yeah. He was like the one I was hyperventilating and saying, I can't not push. Mm-hmm. That was to feel fetal ejection reflex with an epidural is like the baby is like mm-hmm. actively yes, like coming. Hello, here I am. 
watch mm-hmm. out. But, because I would almost, I feel like even saying that out loud, I feel like I would want to totally dismiss a woman who told me that they had fetal ejection reflex with an epidural. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't feel like you can, like you can't feel that, but. You can. It was definitely a real, like, Andy's coming. Mm-hmm. Here's his head. <laughs> well, those are my 36-week large, active, baby, moving all day thoughts. And I'll try to have something more to contribute next week. You think of something. Look at, like, he's doing it right now. Wiggling all day long. I want to switch you for just like a couple days. Mm. That would be great. Ruben. Ruben doesn't wiggle much, guys. He does probably wiggle. He's not in a position and there's the way everything is situated in there. Abby doesn't feel a lot of wiggling. Maybe he doesn't wiggle. No. We don't really know. It'll be interesting. She's a big what mystery baby, baby is. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your babies are the type the type that have a lot of like startle reflexes and stuff like that? Have you felt like any of them specifically that you've noticed? Mm, I don't know. No. No. I don't. I don't remember. It's way too much of a detail that I would never yeah, remember unless true. I wrote it down. <laughs> so. True. so. Well. Melissa's waiting to celebrate her birthday with her kids with some more cake, so we need to wrap this <laughs> up and yep. send them right down, down the street. Hope that you enjoyed all of my analytical ponderings mm. of my... Danny's, the insides of Danny's brain <sighs> and how she thinks through things. I just want to go to this bed. This is going to be a real good episode for Chip and Tim to listen to. They'll love it. Oh. Chip, it will probably be insightful for him, even though... It's kind of nice that Chip listens all the time, because... Then you don't have to, like... He can pause me as much as he wants. He doesn't have to get overwhelmed by it, but also I don't have to get exhausted by feeling like I'm trying to continue to explain it, it Mm -hmm. and he's still staring at me blankly. Yeah. He can stare at the phone as much as he wants, and... But then he usually retain somewhat mm-hmm. of it and it, mm-hmm. it's like we had a really meaningful conversation <laughs> through without, our sur- with, through the surrogate podcast without having to do it. <laughs> oh that's funny you just have to put up with me but you do a much better job of it so great bye everybody right. goodbye yeah,